But the job gets a little bit tougher. Wentz throws, pass is caught! Touchdown, Boston Scott! Minus three with Dave Damashek. All right, here we go. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3 presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win. Make sure you're betting with FanDuel and make sure you're doing it with the promo code Minus 3, the word minus, the number 3, FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. And of course, make sure you're following along at Minus 3 Pod. How are you, Eddie Spaghetti? What's the poop? We got uh, a lot of hot sports action coming at you. Tonight, we record midday Thursday. We've got some breaking news that we're going to get to in just a second here. We've got David Carr, one of our very favorite guys, a a QB whisperer and a first overall draft pick of the Houston Texans himself. We'll see what the Houston Texans have in mind per David Carr with Deshaun Watson. Oh, the QB carousel is already spinning. You know about that. Carson Wentz on the move. Um, Jared Goff. Boy, it's just February. It's going to get better, and we're going to hear from David Carr on that. And also, Spaghetti and Meatballs coming at you with their top three stars in the Mass Mutual division and uh, some juicy action coming at you on Thursday night. What's the poop there, Eddie Spaghetti? Yeah, I'm very excited for this show. David Carr, I uh, love him, always have. Uh, very excited to have him on as a guest. You know, I'm I'm up and down with sports stuff. You know, Yankees are coming back. Spring training is going to start up slowly. Knicks are playing pretty well here and there. Uh, Rangers on the decline, unfortunately. But the NFL offseason should be a lot of fun, too, heading into draft season. And this uh, quarterback carousel is uh, spinning rather fast. So there's a lot going on. We'll get into uh, to all that stuff. You mentioned the blue shirts are playing the the uh, filthy flyers there. The flyers at home giving a goal and a half at uh, plus two twenty. I like that for the flyers. No offense to you, uh, spaghetti, but uh, injuries on the blue line where they can't afford them for a team that's already struggling. Uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the hated flyers. In that I way. think that's a uh, I think that's a very smart move. There's a lot of issues with the Rangers right now. David Quinn clearly on the hot seat. Uh, Panarin is coming back. Andre. Miller is coming back for both dealing with uh, minor injuries, but the losing Truba on the blue line to a broken thumb four to six weeks um, is not great. Uh, the goalie play is inconsistent and their, their best, their veterans are not scoring. Mika Zibanejad not scoring, you know, Chris Kreider not scoring. The guys that you rely on are not, not scoring goals. Even Panarin's not scoring, uh, scoring even strength goals. So a lot of concern there, Kako, Lafreniere, the, the two young studs really not ending up on the score sheet. They're playing well. Not ending up on the score sheet. I know we had sweaty meatballs later, and that was like a mini Rangers breakdown, but just not great hockey right now for the blue shirts. So the Flyers are a much better team, and I, I would expect them to win this game. Well, you could look at the Knickerbockers, but uh, a big one in Los Angeles coming up on Thursday night, uh, the Lakers and the Nets. That's a good one. The Islanders are in Pittsburgh to play the Penguins. I would never bet against the Penguins. Philosophically, that's the wrong thing to do as a uh, Penguins fan. However, the Islanders plus a goal and a half um, and uh, the money line on that plus one Oh eight, the Islanders have been playing well. The Penguins last seen um, did not look good against the Capitals feast or famine. It seems with that, uh, with that talented bunch. But if I were to lean that in either direction there, I think I would go with the Isles and uh, the Bruins playing host to the New Jersey Devils. The Bruins are wrecking the NHL. They did so last year until the playoffs came around. I like the Bruins at home giving a goal and a half, 
at uh, at plus 108. Uh, so there you have your NHL and uh, the NBA game. Ooh, a big one on Thursday night in pro basketball. Many people calling it a finals preview, including me. I guess I just kind of called it that. But either way, it's the Lakers and it's the Nets. It's juicy stuff. And it allows me to talk about one of the things I love about betting on basketball here on FanDuel Sportsbook, you can combine your props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's the same game parlay, and you only can find it on FanDuel. Player point totals, rebounds, assists, the money line, the total, the point spread, and otherwise. And right now, new and existing users can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay falls one leg short with same game parlay insurance. Did you hear what I said there, Spaghetti? You understand the way a parlay typically works, but you can get $25 back each day with the same game parlay insurance, and that is one of the many reasons why I like to bet on FanDuel. Let's do it here, shall we, Spaghetti? Let's dig in, show the people how easy it is to do here. You got the Nets in Los Angeles, the Lakers, minus two and a half. Uh, The total on it is uh, is 230, uh, I'm sorry, 231 and a half. I am going to say that the Lakers take care of business at home. I'll start us off there. How say you? I am totally with you on this one. I think the Lakers win this one. They are given two and a half uh, as of now. Um, I think this is going to be a statement game for LeBron. I think deep down LeBron wants to show KD, Kyrie, James Harden that he is still king. He is King James, that the Lakers are the best team. It's not this newfound uh, trio out in Brooklyn. It is still the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending champs. I kind of like LeBron um, going over to the 25 points. It's minus 350. I think he wants to dominate. I would not be shocked if it's more than that, but I think he really wants to uh, continue playing uh, really as well as he's been playing his entire career right now. So he's going to have a big game. Well, I love, you know, the reason I'm high on the Lakers this year are the addition Schroeder and Montrez Harrell and so on. And I just I find them uh, overwhelming in terms of individual talent and the waves that they can come at you with. DeAndre Jordan um, should have a lot of space down in the post there, by the way. I don't know if it's a revenge game, but uh, but back in Staples Center, one way or the other, uh, mm-hmm. plus 118 to score more than 10 points. I like that individually or throw it in as a part of your same game parlay. That's how easy it is to put together. Get in on that one on FanDuel. So that's what's coming up on Thursday night in front of a big uh, sports weekend here. College basketball getting better and better as the tournament draws nigh. Right now, though, let's talk about perhaps the most fa- fascinating of all sports stories right now, they never stop the perpetually spinning QB carousel with a first overall draft pick himself. David Carr breaking down where all the big name QBs are going to be in time for autumn of 2021. All right. One of our very favorite fellas in all of media, nay, in all the world. He is the, well, I mean, you, you stepped on me. I was just talking. I was just introducing. I'm supposed you. to. I've always, be a, that's be a pro. Doing. Please be no, a pro. You can't. This is not professional. This is just football and life. Touche. Touche. Um, right, so listen, look who's look who's nice and breezy. Like he just uh, had a little family vacation down in Cancun or something. He's got he doesn't have a care in the world right now. You see him on NFL Network and beyond. You remember him well as the first overall pick back in 2002 of the Houston Texans. They may trade another high end QB very soon. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about all of it with our main man, David Carr. What's the poop, fella? How are you? 
Hey, man, I'm great. It's good to see you. You virtually. look terrific. And uh, for the audio consumer, um, David Carr is making a bold philosophical statement. He's a backwards hat QB now. Always have been. You know, but it's okay now because Brady did it. That's right. So it's, it. it's socially acceptable. I'm Let's start there. there. And, and you know, everybody, you know, I've been talking about this QB carousel and and you and I love chopping it up and we love spinning that carousel every offseason mm-hmm. and seeing where it comes down. And every year it spins faster and more furiously. And now everybody talks about the QB carousel. So we have to zig with everybody else's zagging here. So instead of a QB carousel, you remember Price is Right, the, the uh, yes. remember Plinko? Uh, my favorite game. Right. It's a time. great game. Yeah. Um, let's do Q Blinko. Okay. You know, let's just drop. Let's just drop some names and see what teams they sure. land on. All know? right. But before we get into that, though, let's start at the top of the QB mountain, Tom Brady, and um, you know, backwards hat and getting tipsy and all that kind of that kind of stuff. Then he does that chip on the shoulder stuff of like tweeting out after the fact, oh, I, I had all my doubters and look how I proved them wrong. It's like, you're a 43-year-old man. There was no evidence that anybody could do this at 43, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, George Blanda, but I mean, that does that count? No. You know? No. I, mean, no, didn't I don't remember him winning the Super Bowl. No, he, like, exactly. No, that's, of course you're going to get doubters. And then we don't help because then we're on the show the other day and James Jones doesn't put Brady on his Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. So now, of course, Brady's going to see that because of his avid watching of the media. And he's going to fuel his fire. and He's probably going to go win another one when he's 44. So it's James's fault. It's literally all of our faults for doing this because the well, guy's absurd. James, like, yeah. What's he shouldn't say things like that. About? That's he's trying to make headlines. He wants clicks. That's all he wants. He I mean, obviously, in terms of talent, you w- here's here's the thing with David Carr. There are two basic groups of football player opinions, and one is they love and admire the the stu- the studious tactician, the guy who um, does it in the film room. And yes. uses savvy, and that—that's not David Carr. I'm not saying you're not savvy. No, I like that. It's fine. I mean, that's you are games. I'm not saying you are savvy. I'm not saying I'm savvy. I don't even like savvy. I mean, I—I'm fine with savvy. It wins, but that's not what I'm about. You know what I'm about. That's right. Yes, that's the surgeon. That's the—that's the QB surgeon. It's mm-hmm. not a game manager. That's too dismissive. But like I, you know, I the guy, guy who uses the brain. You, you admire the gunslinger. That's what you like. You like raw physical talent. And so Tom Brady doesn't do that to your eye. You don't watch him and think that's the best specimen I've ever seen. Correct. Um, Now, on the other side, Patrick Mahomes is that. And it reminds me very much, and you disparaged James Jones um, for not putting Tom Brady on his Mount Rushmore. You didn't have Joe Montana in your top 10 Super Bowl era QBs. I, I did you ever you hear about that? that? No, I some people that? mentioned it in passing when I was at Chipotle, but other than that, it never came up. <laughs> Is that right? Somebody <laughs> mentioned it to you at Chipotle? Yeah, they did. They did. I was just trying to get my burrito bowl, and uh, <laughs> they were like, so you don't think Montana's any good? I'm like, I didn't say that. I never said Montana was terrible. I just said that Steve Young was better. And you can ask Steve Mariucci, who coached both of them, and he'll tell you the same thing. Not as loud. I don't know why That's they didn't ask Moose to do the list. But he has the same beliefs. Well, I mean, that, you even asked him about it. So yes, I know we did. But also, then Kurt Warner responded, and uh, first of all, 
it's one thing to say Steve Young's better. It's another thing to say that John Hansel not one of the top 10 Super Bowl era QBs, one. And two, Kurt Warner, who is a colleague, you yeah. said wasn't in the top 12. That also ruffled some feathers. I don't, really, I don't really know how that happened. I think that I was duped into that one, but I don't think that he's in the top 12. So, I mean, that's it came out. However, you got me to say that. And Kurt I didn't, refuses to let it go. He just will not let it go. Although, Kurt, Kurt's in the same boat as Brady, really. Like, when you talked about the guys that are like, I've played catch with Kurt Warner. He mm-hmm. can't throw it 20 yards anymore. But he <laughs> threw it with crazy anticipation, knew where he wanted to throw it, and he he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a, I'm not a Hall of Fame no, it quarterback. Is no, no, no it is good to be a Hall of Fame QB. Yeah, right? yeah, but I just appreciate guys that can do things physically that I could never even dream of. Do you see some of the incomplete passes that Pat Mahomes had in the Super Bowl? I got up off my couch for the incomplete passes. I wasn't there for Tom Brady just ho-humming his way to another Super Bowl, which I said was the easiest Super Bowl he ever won. He had one of the best defenses that we've seen in the last 10 years. They fly everywhere. And then the offensive scheme was literally play action pass 40% of the time, which you and I both love 40% of the time they play action pass. The chiefs had no chance. They were overly aggressive. It was a wrap from the beginning. It was easy for him. Like think about all the super bowls that Brady's won and what he's had to do, you know, two minute drives coming back kicks, you know, just, they just cruised right through that one. It wasn't even, that was a breezy one. I, I I'm not arguing with that, but, uh, but on the other hand, 43 years of age, no, and he has seven rings, no, and all, it's just impossible to debate. But it does trick it your is. eye. All right. Yeah. Now you mentioned Mahomes, and then I really do want to play Q Blinko because it's a great name, okay. um, and, and it's also people like talking about QBs, as you yeah. and I are doing right now. We're demonstrating that fact. Patrick okay. Mahomes, he's through now. You know, his third year as a uh, as a starting QB, Correct. and much like Russell Wilson. It's been a a, uh, a glorious uh, couple or few years there. You know, Super Bowl win, Super Bowl loss. Russell Wilson's never been back. Dan Marino can be invoked here. Second year goes to a Super Bowl. Oh, the kid will be back. Mm-hmm. Are we being overly optimistic? Let's, let me ask you it this way. How many more Super Bowls do you suppose Patrick Mahomes plays in between now and the end of time? You know, I mean, I'm sure if you would ask Marino in his second year, he would have said, um, up three or four, you know. Um, but I just don't, I, I mean, a so. Kid, he probably wouldn't have given me the interview. He'd be like, what do you do? You're a little kid. Get back, get back to elementary school. Guy, he would, have, he would have definitely done that, you know. That's true. I did take a picture on his knee when he was. Uh, when he yeah, was exactly. He would, have, he would have given you the interview. Are you kidding me? I, you know, here's the thing with Mahomes. His offensive line was in shambles. I mean, they were literally. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I'm not welcome, making welcome to the club. I mean, it's difficult, huh? Like, it's hard. Yeah, I get it. Now, so, but he was trying to keep him alive. I mean, for him to even get five yards was like a miracle in that game, you know, in, in contrast to what Brady was doing. I mean, if Andy Reid stays around and they can get somewhat of a def- decent offensive line unit held together for that game, I mean, he's, they're going to be back. I just think that that combination is too good. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, whatever you got going with that offensive scheme, the the trick is going to be able to. Get, Tyreek Hill is the is the key for their offense. If Tyreek Hill is not on that team, that team is a completely different animal. Because every time you go out, you have to know where he is. You have to have a guy off or two guys over there. 
like Derek says, you can throw a five-yard hitch to Tyreek Hill every play. They'll give it to you. Teams will absolutely let you throw that because they're so terrified of him pushing the ball down the field and what Pat's able to do. So Tyreek Hill has to stay. That's the trick. If he doesn't, then I think he could very easily fall into the boat of never goes back. You know, but well, if Tyreek Hill I mean, sticks around, I think, I think they have a chance. It's interesting you say that because uh, Jeff Schwartz says that it's in fact – Travis Kelsey, who is the who is the linchpin to that offense. Yeah, that Jeff Schwartz is a offensive lineman, correct? Like I think so. Okay, yeah. I'm just checking. So it's definitely yeah. Tyree Kill. I mean, yeah. Travis Kelsey's a great player, um, but that offense isn't even close to what it is without Tyreek. Travis is a fantastic player. I, I, I agree with him in there. But it's not, okay. It's not that good. First of all, first of all, I know it's uh, the language uh, people get. Uh, you know, they, they get comfortable with using phrases like "for the next decade," for the you know whatever. The next decade is uh, cannot be assessed. There is no crystal no, ball that sees that you. deep into the future. It's impossible. In in the free agency era, you. I mean, like look at but look at just the next two to four years. The AFC West, the Chargers are going to be good. You know, if they fix up that offensive line and they're going to this offseason, if they can, if the football gods get off their back at, uh, uh, um, at last, they're a scary team. Mm-hmm. If the Broncos, I don't think it's crazy that they might hold out because I, I think Deshaun Watson, or I think the Texans, who you know something about. I do. Um, I, I suspect this, that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot out of some sense of like it's a bad look if we trade away the franchise and so we're not going to do that we're going to hold on to him and hope he comes to his senses and i don't think it's going to be until august until they realize maybe we've maybe we've overdone this and we should have traded him they should trade him before the draft but maybe deshaun watson lands in denver let's say as a for instance that happened oh my goodness why would you you do that well that team would be horrifying to play against and then there's the team in las vegas and let's start qb blinko right there because i think all of a sudden, we assume a great deal about the Chiefs. They're not going to get the. It's going to be. They'll be hard pressed to get the buys in the next couple of years in that in that division. So then that means three rounds to get to the suit. I mean, it's just the odds are highly against any QB, even Patrick Mahomes, making repeated Super Bowl runs endlessly just because Tom Brady's done it. But okay, let's start with your brother, and then we'll uh, we'll move around here. Quick, quick, quick interruption, guys. Breaking news. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts for a 2021 third round pick and a conditional 2020 second round pick. 2022 Holy second hell. round pick. Yep. Holy just broke. hell, that's what they got for him. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 he did not get what he, what he wanted out of Carson Wentz, but I think what he got is what he needed to do, which was purge that contract. Wow, your reaction, David Carr, breaking news here. Well, I was concerned. I, I thought that he would be in, in, in Indianapolis. All along, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz are literally the same human being. I got a chance to know both those guys, and they're exceptional people. They're they're also cut from the same cloth. They think the same way. He played his best football when Frank was his offensive coordinator. So I just knew that was going to be the place they needed to go. I just I didn't think they'd be able to get out from that contract. That honestly, I, that was what I was most concerned about. That this wouldn't happen because of the just enormity of that contract. Honestly, I. Yeah, I mean, I had, uh, I definitely had my doubts about um, uh, about uh, Chris Ballard's willingness, as savvy as he's been since he got to Indianapolis with Frank Reich, that that would that, that something like that would go down. Um, 
I know that they're that they're flush with cash, relatively speaking. Fascinating. So you suspect I'm going to based on what you just said there, you anticipate that those two getting back together. People kind of missed that and, and, you know, and gave credit in other directions. But it kind of became clear the further away you got from that Super Bowl season that Frank Reich and Wentz were the magic duo there. And that was the difference for Wentz. Is that is that overly simplistic or is Carson Wentz fixable as long as he gets back with his uh, QB whisperer? Then? Yeah, he's definitely fixable. I think how he even mentioned that when he was talking about, you know, Carson at the end of the year, you know, is like we, you know, the problems that Carson has are, are fixable. We can put some guys around and we can change this scheme so he was basically trying to sell Carson as a guy that can be traded and, and can still have some some life in, in his play I, I think Carson just ran into a situation where he needed to get out of Philadelphia I think that what you mentioned what you kind of touched on there you know the brilliance of Philadelphia was Frank Reich that's what I believe I mean I, as good as Doug Peterson was and you know maybe he's got a statue outside and they won the Super Bowl it was Frank that was really what happened that's what yeah. uh, more people I talk to that seems to be and I'm not just uh using deductive reasoning on that people directly say yeah. that, that frank yeah. reich was, just, the, was the he's key just to the that. guy yeah he's 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 an awesome human being and i mean and from x's and o's standpoint he gets it and he's in a good place carson's gonna play good football they got a good football team so i'm just i'm glad they were able to pull it off because this is where i wanted him to go all along I hear you, but, you know, being more pessimistic, the idea that you just uh, fix a guy who looked as bad as Wentz did last yeah. year, he really looked bad. But it also does, the, as always, you know, I'm going to co- connect things back to uh, the Steelers situation because that that people are talking about that one as well. But Mahomes behind the offense, that offensive line yeah. was, was very mortal. Carson yeah. Wentz, without either tackle protecting him, looked like garbage. Ben yeah. Roethlisberger looked downright petrified on the field with a behind a bad offensive line. Yeah. It always, I guess it just goes back to that old thing that, you know, it, it, it's something that you, we, it's so boring though, to hear about the line of scrimmage. But it's like, that's what it is. That's where the game's won and lost. Like he's going from Philadelphia who was in shambles, the offensive line, much like the guys that you mentioned with, with Kansas city and whatnot and, and Ben, but now he's going, he's going to play behind Quentin Nelson. Great center. They got, they have great talent at the offensive line. The running game is strong. It started to improve towards the end of the year. The defense is going to be phenomenal. So he's not going to press. Like when I watched Carson play last year and you can, you can contrast him to when Jalen would go in and Carson was always trying to make the play every time he was trying to use his physical ability to either, you know, do something extra running the football or just kind of force a throw. He never let it come to him. And as soon as Jalen Hurts went in, it was like, I'll just kind of let it happen naturally. If it's not there, I'll step up and run. You know, so that was you could see it that Carson was just pressing like big time. And I think that it was just uh, over the course of an entire year trying to make a play to get your team to move the football because you're not able to do it in the course of the regular offense. So now that he's in Indy, they're going to be they'll be fine. He'll get away from that and Frank will get him right and he'll play good football. All right. I mean, that, like I say, that's very optimistic. It is. Uh, it is. I watched Carson play last year. It was bad. Like he missed a lot of throws. He was he was all over the place, you know, and confidence wise, like there's talk of like he couldn't even handle Jalen being in the quarterback meeting with him because, you know, we saw how Aaron Rodgers handled that. So that's a that that's a little bit of an issue. Aaron had a guy get drafted in the first round, went one MVP like it does different things to different people. So that's that's another thing that they're probably going to have to look at Indy. Hopefully, Jacoby Brissett doesn't sign back because I, that might make him nervous. 
<laughs> I do agree that guy that yes, one size does not fit all. The the yeah. uh the fragile, the big but fragile egos of NFL QBs are not uh, affected equally by those kind of things. Yeah, like, right. We just brought a kid to chat, we brought in somebody to challenge him. Some guys respond to that and take it as yeah. a kick in the pay. Other guys cr- crumble as a result of that. Exactly. But all right, thank you to Chris Ballard for kickstarting Q Blinko here. We're off and running here. Exactly. Cards and ones. Boop, 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 boop. Indianapolis Colts. Congratulations. You filled your slide. How much is that worth, you think? How much do you think? You know, where did you, where'd that chip land? How much, much is that? Too much. Too much. Yeah. My goodness. Carson, what? All right. No, no. I know you're happy about it. I let, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, okay, if yeah. he is fixed, if he plays anything yeah. close, obviously he was going to be the MVP in 2017. Yeah, if he right. can get anything close to that. that, with the roster they have, I return to where I was August six months ago. That's the most talented roster in the AFC at least. And yeah. so if Carson Wentz gives them on the – positive side of the uh, the upper half of the quarterbacks in the nfl phil rivers was fine last year if carson yeah. wentz can improve on that that's a a super bowl contender right there yeah, i agree I'll, I'll tell you who did himself great favors in 2020 in my opinion aided mm-hmm. by the lack of fans and so it really let us hear him at the line of scrimmage and beyond one Derek carr very impressive you were you that. What was that like? Was that creepy to watch your brother, but like to hear him in that context and like hear him talking? That yeah, because well, I don't remember any other QB in the league who who fans got to listen to. As to, I don't know why that yeah. worked that way, but why did we hear so much from I, Derek more than the other QBs well, at the line I mean, of scrimmage and otherwise? Yeah. It gives you a, a kind of a glimpse into what they what they're really about, you know, out there in Vegas and with Gruden. They they do a lot at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's no secret now. Every Every play is a is an opportunity for Derek to get them into the right play because it's so hard to just guess as an offensive coordinator what defense they're going to be in, you know. And the good ones try to do it, and you're only right about half the time, maybe, you know. And the rest of the time, you're stuck with a quarterback that has to make a dynamic play after the fact or kind of react to what the defense is doing. But honestly, Derek's best quality is his ability to see what the defense is in, the structure, and and know exactly what they're playing. And John has figured that out. And now he just gets into the line of scrimmage and he gives him an option of two or three different plays. And honestly, the entire playbook is at his disposal. So for him to get up there and start barking out different signals, I knew that was happening because they do it out here at the barn in Bakersfield in the offseason. They'll just go out, get lined up in the line of scrimmage, and he'll just rip through calls. And the, the receivers have to know what they're doing, too. That's why it's kind of hard. Like Henry Ruggs played well at times, and then other times it was like, oh, where's this guy at? He's, he's having to think a lot. So to be out on the field with those guys, it's a mental – there's a mental gymnastics going on, you know? So the, the other thing is they hated it because everyone now hears their calls. So Derek's like, I got to come up with new calls every week because the dummies at CBS or Fox or whoever's playing the game just cranked up my audio. Now everyone just sits there and in the meeting rooms. Oh, well, okay. That means outside zone. Got it. That means power. Got it. That means play action pass. So then John Gruden comes out and says, Oh, we got to change every call. Well, of course they don't change every call. You know, they, they've been running these all, you know, the entire time they've been there. So they had to come up with dummy ones. And so he had to go into his whole Peyton Manning, you know, most of this stuff is fake, which it kind of ended up having to be at the end of the season because you could just hear everything. So it, it made it difficult, but that's what they're all about, man. They're going to get to the line of scrimmage and use Derek's, you know, ability to see what's going on and get them in the exact right play. And so they're able to do it. You know, I, I really, I'm not just saying this cause I'm talking to you now, but I probably wouldn't have had this thought otherwise, to be honest, but I don't think, the Buccaneers are the winners of the football season. I don't know if there were very many guys who came out 
uh, as a bigger winner in terms of public perception than Derek Carr, where he was six months ago to now. I mean, like, really, yeah. people were very impressed by him in big spots and big games against good teams and otherwise. And it does feel like it all of a sudden there's Bud Dupree is likely to be available. Melvin Ingram is available. Von right. Miller reportedly is going to be. If, if the Raiders get a pass rush, that's more to what I point more to what I'm talking about that, yeah. you know, uh, the, the AFC West could get way more difficult for the chiefs to just run through as they have. I know the Raiders have given them some tough tests and are, you know, handed them. I, I don't, I think you heard that they beat them last year, but um, so, um, so Derek Carr, the way you're talking makes it sound like, cause I've heard Mariota teams looking at him. I've also mm-hmm. heard, Maybe Deshaun Watson. Maybe John Gruden likes Deshaun Watson, is willing to make that trade. Derek Carr, best you can say. I know you're very close to it. Yes. I know you want it to work out, but don't not not with the heart, David Carr. The heart has no place here in Q Blinko. <laughs> Derek Carr. Boop, 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 boop. What team does he land with? There's no doubt in my my mind that he's gonna be a Las Vegas Raider. I mean the only the only thing that could possibly happen was so I mean just for for you guys and for those listening at home teams tried to trade for Derek during the season four teams that I know of during the season during the season one team tried to trade for him three different times and was told no every time so what what happens on the outside? The noise on the outside is different from what. Boy, Derek Jerry Jones just leaving messages for John Gruden, you know that? and then for him to not even call him back—the disrespect. Or, or you could just say, "What? What coach would John Gruden not call back?" You can kind of think about that one, and that might give you a hint. And I'm gonna let you dive on that for a little bit. But Bruce Arians. <laughs> I'm sure he loves Bruce. I'm sure they go way back. But anyway, that's that's irrelevant. The the point is, outside of the building, it's noise about him getting traded and him moving teams. Inside the building, it's we're not trading him, so don't worry about it. Don't try to call us. Wow, don't bother us. That's fascinating. It really is, and it's been like that for the last like two or three years. And I just I don't know how else to say it when I'm when I'm asked about it. Not that you don't ask a poignant question because everybody talks about it. It literally is the news every day is like, oh, he's going to Chicago. Oh, do him and Khalil Mack are going to get back together? He's going to Indy. He's going here. And it's, you know, it's out there because it happens. Like, so people watch the NFL Network or ESPN or they see all these shows in the building, right? They're on, on all the, all the TVs. So if you're a GM and you're like, oh, Derek Carr's available. Let me see if I can, let me call the, uh, let me call Mike Mayock real quick and see if I can get a, no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I just heard that he was available. So I'm going to. I'm going to give right, you a Mike ring. Mayock or John Gruden should take the call of Bill Belichick. I mean, up until six months ago, he was the greatest coach of all time. And I think it's a little <laughs> rude that he wouldn't, that either one of those guys wouldn't take the call of Belichick. Up until six months ago. No, that's good. That's, I, I agree. I personally, if that was, if that was him. Well, I that's true. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to hot take. I mean, that just, that is what no, it you is. Are right. I mean, that's exactly you know, how there, There's no way you, you, I'm not, no way you can make the case of Belichick. Belichick's the greatest of all time. But this, he is now severely dented by what's yeah, happening. Yeah, he's been dented, like the trophy that Gronk dented. It's exactly because, I mean, so you can imagine why he would want to 
change that. You know, and he had a lot of guys opt out last year too defensively. Let's not forget that there was a there was a that was a shadow I, of the New England Patriots. I get, but I've, I've given it. I've, yeah, no, listen, yeah. I've given him credit for, or I've let him yeah, off. But you're right. That. No, you're, you're but he right. better bounce back this year, or else the stink Absolutely. is the stink, and there will be no washing it off. But okay, no. no. So now we have a spot open Philadelphia. I don't even have a QB to drop. So let's drop the Philadelphia Eagles into the reverse QB Blinko and see what QB uh, they land with. The Eagles. Boop, 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 boop. Who's their starting quarterback? I think Jalen Hurts is their starting quarterback. No, no really way. Do. Yeah, I think so, man. I think so. Like, watch, watch how he runs that system that they bring in. And he's able to utilize his legs. It's going to have a little bit of our favorite, a little play action bootleg. And you know how Jalen can move, you know. And the thing about Jalen, now they might bring a guy in. They might sign someone. They might try to bring a guy in that has some experience. I don't know what they're going to do. But I, I think that you would be just fine running this offense that they're going to run with Jalen and his ability to use legs. Because, because of the reason that I mentioned earlier when I was talking about him and Carson and the contrast and styles, Jalen is never in a panic situation. And that's what I love about him. You can get better reading down the field. You can get, you know, you can improve on your intermediate throws. He has ability. Like his arm is live. He, he can put different touch throws together, but he doesn't panic. And I love that about him. That's his best quality. So for me, I could roll with Jalen easily. Now you can say maybe there's a better player out there. Maybe there's someone that has better pro football focus numbers Maybe there's a guy that can win you more games. I don't know. I just know that you're in good hands. Otherwise, you wouldn't make this trade. You wouldn't trade Carson, you know, if you didn't think Jalen could be your day one starter because you don't know what's going to happen in the quarterback, you know, Blinko. What could happen? No, you don't know. You'd be stuck with him. So I think they're fine with it. Well, everybody has assigned uh, Jamar Chase to the Eagles at six, but who's to say they aren't going to take a QB there? There, There's some more good ones. And – I always talk about full QB saturation and that there are plenty of kids coming in the pipeline in the draft, but not necessarily in, in next year's um, drive. There aren't a bunch of big names. This does feel yeah. like a, a juicier yeah, class to try and draft from. You also have in that group, yeah, Fitzmagic still out there, Cam, Jameis, maybe going back to the Saints, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Mariota is a guy who at least can fill and maybe he is one of those guys if you put him in a different situation he'll thrive differently Mm -hmm. sam darnold can be had and now he's becomes an even more intriguing piece in my opinion based on the carson wentz deal wentz obviously much 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 more spendy but also more accomplished at this point i don't think i don't think i i know that joe douglas would like to get a first he'd like to get a second but i think he's gonna have to settle for a 2021 Third at this point, that brings me to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where do who is their quarterback in 2021? Is it are we going to drop Ben Roethlisberger? Or are we going to drop the Steelers and let you decide? Well, let's drop the Pittsburgh Steelers into QB Blinko. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Starting quarterback. I don't think it's Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, you don't. Eh? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Explain. I, okay, so. Since 2015, 2016, we haven't seen the same guy. You know, that's a that's a long time. I mean, I was even looking at some some numbers the other day. I don't think he's had a top 15 quarterback rating in in almost a decade. So is that right? I, he's not I mean, in the top. Let's wow, have someone check that. Far. But anyway, 
We'll go Let's back. just go. No, don't check it. It sounds bad. Like, yeah, yeah. what if somebody re- rebuts it? Then the point is yeah, lost. We bad. don't want that. But anyway, so, okay, so let's just think about he's he's probably going to make around, what, is it around like $18, 20000000 million this year, which is actually a he, bargain. He would have to knock it all the way down. And my assumption yeah. has been, in my defense, of what, what are they supposed to do? They're fantastical solutions that yeah. don't exist in reality. They can't get to Sean yeah. Watson. They can't – they, they, these names of guys who are being floated out there as a replacement – my my pushback, and I know before you even provide yeah. um, you, why what what you're thinking is here, and mm-hmm. I keep going. And, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah said it; he's a smart guy. He knows how uh, the cap works, and otherwise, um, a lot of people out there say, "Why well, I don't understand why they don't move on?" Because unless I'm missing something, there is nothing practically that they can or can't do if Roethlisberger comes back. The situation remains the same. Yeah. Because of the cap hit, let's say 20-ish million, let me fudge it, whatever. It, if he comes in at 20 million, there's no ability to re-sign Bud Dupree or Juju Smith-Schuster or otherwise right. with or without him. The cap hit is the cap hit. That's the yeah, issue. Yeah, it's all cash, right? So so, I mean, what, they, so then what? Yeah. Like, well, reboot. Re- reboot to what? What are you talking about? I don't know. What... Now, I do think if a third gets it done – you then can have your cake and eat it too. Let yeah. the guy play out his final year and put Sam Darnold in behind him. Now right. we're cooking with gas. I love that idea because you talk about fixable in the right situation. Sam Darnold is that. I'm a I'm a pedigree snob, and he's a high pedigree. Everybody loves Sam Darnold. It was just a couple of years ago. I he's think he's a, fixable. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. I I just I think production has to come into it though at some point because I know the money makes sense. But I don't think that, and you can you can have you can have the Pittsburgh Steelers GM on here, and you can really dig in. But I don't think that he's really sold on Ben being able to play at the level that they want to play at in Pittsburgh. They want to win a Super Bowl every year. I mean, Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're competing to win the AFC and and go to a Super Bowl every season. And I don't think that he believes that Ben can do that anymore. Well, so that's listen. where that's where you have to kind of say. The money is what it is. We got to figure out a better solution here. So maybe it is Sam Darnold. Maybe it is trying to make something happen in the draft and move up and grab a guy. Maybe I, that's I don't disagree. I mean, of course, that's that that all is fine. And Greg Cosell and Ross Tucker had an interesting conversation about it. And Greg Cosell divined from the tape that the coaches didn't trust Roethlisberger's ability to push the ball and was limiting the offense. And if yeah. you do some simple kind of math, they they were they did kind of liberate Mason Rudolph to to try that in Cleveland in week 17. And he looked good. And it yeah. and it was a it was a little perplexing. Um but 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 my point is, if you have to pay the guy twenty million dollars anyway, there yeah, is no. I'm with you. The, I agree the, with you. I mean, like they want to win yeah. the Super Bowl every year. Okay, yeah. well Ryan Fitzmagic ain't coming into town and, yeah. and doing that next right. year. That the the realistic options are not better than what they're going to throw out there in all likelihood. So I no, just don't see the math of like well, reboot, like reboot to what they can't get. Trey Lance at number 24. So there is no yeah. realistic replacement at that spot. Okay. No, you're you're right. You're right. I mean, that's you're kind of you're kind of stuck. It's almost in Ben's right. court too. If he doesn't want to play ball with you, he's just like, I'm gonna play football for the Steelers. So you're gonna pay me my money and we're gonna go do what we did last year. So David Carr is talking with us as of right now. He may not be talking with us. I wouldn't want anybody talking that way about me. Like, you know, that, that, that was way Kevin Colbert, not a resounding uh, embrace. <laughs> um, and I know you got to go, David Carr. Uh, yeah, very, 
very quickly. Yes. Let's go through a couple more here because Eddie Spaghetti, he thinks Daniel Jones is the answer. He thinks Daniel Jones can win a Super Bowl for the Giants. Don't, why do you make Eddie Spaghetti? Why do you roll your eyes? You can't have it both ways. Either Stick you believe the in the guy or you don't. That's not what my, my words were. First of all, I said clearly weeks ago that if yeah by week eight midseason if Jones looks shaky, I think this year is you know make or break year or the year that they will like harshly reevaluate him and then they would move on next offseason. Anyway, my point was the Giants are building a pretty good roster. They have a good foundation. The O lines greatly improved from two years back when he uh, first came in here. Uh, they have the eleventh pick. They may get a pass rush. They may get a dynamic receiver like Jalen Waddle would be awesome. Their yeah. defense under Patrick Graham who stayed was great. My point was if Jones just plays decent football and honestly if you take away some of the Evan Ingram caused interceptions, he wasn't turning the ball over the same rate he was the year before. I think Jones can get it done in a division now with a bit with the you know Washington question mark quarterback, Eagles question mark quarterback, the Cowboys may botch the DAC thing. They have a question mark quarterback. I, I think they're trending upwards. That's that's really my ultimate point on the on, on the NFC East. But I'm the bottom you. line is Daniel Jones isn't good enough, right? Daniel, I mean Jones. They, they, Daniel they're Jones. they're deluding themselves. This is the middle class conversation, and they're not at a place yet where they're required to give him the second contract. But as we keep seeing repeatedly with whether it's Carson Wentz and um, Jared Goff and otherwise. Just because they used a high first on Daniel Jones doesn't magically turn him into the man. And I'm asking if you agree with my assessment. I I think that you guys in Pittsburgh gave Terry Bradshaw an awfully long time to figure out how to play quarterback. Oh, And he eventually figured it out. And I think Daniel Jones has a couple things going for him. A trending team upward, which is only going to improve. The offense line is going to get better. The defense is already really good. The division is winnable, definitely winnable. And he's he's only going to get better in his next season. His problems are not um, inability to push the ball down the field, can't see coverage, um, takes too many sacks because he doesn't know what's happening, you know, schematic issues. Like his problems are just sometimes he – it's too much, no risk it, no biscuit. Sometimes he turns the ball over. Sometimes he throws a ball into a situation. Eli Manning did that for a long time. They won two Super Bowls doing the same thing. And Daniel's in the same mold. He wears number eight for the New York Giants. Maybe I'm a little biased. Now, he didn't call me and ask me to win. Bias. I think he would be biased against him. He's he, he, he's degraded. The, he's degraded the greatness of uh, the blue eight. While this may be true, and he has not won a Super Bowl championship in which I did not take a snap, he still has the ability to play good football. I believe I, I like his, I like his ability in the pocket to be almost oblivious to the rush. Eli had that same quality and it worked out when they had a great offensive line. If you can put some more guys in front of him to kind of keep that thing clean so he can keep his eyes at the field, he processes information really well. I just think that there's a lot of good football left in Daniel Jones. If you could just get the team a little bit better, he could, he can do it, man. And he moves really well. He runs great. He can tuck it and, and get extra yardage that Eli would have never gotten in the history of his career. So I'm a big Daniel Jones fan. I think, I'll tell I think you, I am fun. surprised by that. And actually, as a pedigree snob myself, I like the specimen guys that David Carr gives his uh, stamp of approval actually turns me around a little bit. So congratulations to you. He's one of the few guys that I, uh, I I like his ability to kind of process everything and just, and play the quarterback position that way. He still has ability though. He still has some pretty freakish athletic ability that people don't really give him credit for, but he can scoot a little bit. So 
I think that's a good that's a, that's a good extra uh, uh, factor. All right, let's just bring it on home here very quickly. Jets okay. starting quarterback. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold, although you don't want to hear really? that. Really, I really do because I think that I think that I think it's a system thing, and you have to see. I think Sam would be perfect in San Francisco. I think that they would love to have him, um, but I think that system has now just basically taken itself from Robert Sala, and he pulled a pulled a guy with him. Mm-hmm to go over to the East coast and they're going to run the same style of offense. And you even hear when Robert talks about it, he thinks that he's going to be perfect. He, he moves better than guy that anybody has in this system. Like you think about the guys that are running it, Kirk cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, some of these other guys, Sam moves better than they do. And I think that he, he feels that he has a lot of ability. So I know you want him in Pittsburgh to back up. No, the- I mean, it's not just for that reason. I just think I it's just, I, I, I know it- I've seen it too many times with 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 the with new regimes and uh, or you know uh, Sala comes over and Joe Douglas had to keep Gase around because Gase brought Douglas to town so he, yeah. he, he couldn't just can him but I think that they purge Sam Darnold I think they want to move on from that and get Field I mean, I'm, I'm Zach Wilson one just, of those guys no, I just think I'm, that's I'm, the way it goes whichever one it is more and right, more buzz about Zach the Wilson now. they could grab Justin Fields and be and they could reset the quarterback market there. They could they could be just fine. And they could grab Zach Wilson, who I love, by the way. He's my favorite. Everybody loves just him. So oh, yeah. Know. Well, you're a pedigree snob. Yeah. More and no, more people are talking in Mahomes part two. He's I'm just saying a people are from BYU. Like, who how, how's that any good? Like Trevor gets all the attention. I like Trevor Lawrence, but Zach's gonna be Zach's gonna be right there with him. Really? So that's, I, so. I mean, this is, this is what people are starting to talk about. And Justin Fields starts to slide a little bit. And I do yeah. like the comparisons in it just in, uh, in the context of, you know, who are you going to draft at the top yeah. of the it depends first on what system a, you run too, man. That that's a big, that's a big point. You got to remember it, how the fit, the scheme fit. But it's funny though, because the way things broke last year, Justin Herbert um, appears to clearly be, yeah. um, I, I don't know clearly, but I, I I think is the guy who looks the best out of the trio that went there. And I feel like Justin Fields is now in that position where it's like, Justin, yeah, well, there are some issues with him. And I think somebody's going to get a bargain if he actually is the third or maybe even the fourth QB taken. There's maybe yeah, a team that'll take Trey Lance over over Justin Fields. And if you watch him play, I know I, I see the issues, the negatives about him, but I, I think people are kind of glossing over um the the difference making place. I mean, his ability to throw the ball downfield and, and uh, run a little bit and everything else. Anyway, I like Justin Fields a lot. Well, this to Justin's defense. It's going to be quick. one of those guys. It's not going to be yeah. Sam Darnold. As really quick in Justin's defense against Clemson, they played a lot of NFL type coverages that you're going to see, you know, on every Sunday. And he struggled there. But I think that the biggest struggle was the schematics that they were running on offense against that. He didn't have an answer really. So that's not that's not really Justin's fault. He looked bad because he, he wasn't able to have production against that. But when you look at what they were trying to do versus the coverage they were facing, he didn't have a chance anyway. So that's, that wasn't on Justin. Um, and okay. So I, so we disagree on the jets and the new England Patriots. If it's not Derek Carr, if he wants to answer calls, if, if Gruden wants to answer calls, he can answer calls and then we have something. But if Bill Belichick is in Cincinnati or wherever he goes, you know, he likes to move to different, I don't know where he is on to Cincinnati. Yeah. Who do you think? I I think. What a slap in the face that Matthew Stafford's anywhere, but new England that, by the way, the book is out now, right? People don't, uh, am I crazy? Am I, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Dave. You're just a fan. 
Am I right that now the the magic of like, well, it wouldn't be fun, but there'd be a good chance I'd win a Super Bowl and that's good for my career and good for my family and all that to go up there. That's a good trade to go up there and chase a Lombardi with Belichick and Brady. Is that now one season enough to make people think like, mm, I don't want to go up there. I know it's not going to yes. be enjoyable. Yeah, because of that, because of what you said, they don't they don't think it's going to be enjoyable. And you, you got to enjoy what you're doing, you know, and you already saw Brady left and he he looks like he's 28 years old and joined himself down in Florida. Like I, I suddenly realized when I was watching the Super Bowl that I, I didn't necessarily hate Tom Brady. I, I think he's actually a pretty good guy. <laughs> I, I like I him too. like the Patriots, you know, it's like, I think that's what it was. I think that it was that whole, whatever they got going up there, you know, the anti-fun, like, we're just going to beat everybody. We might even cheat. You know, it's like, I don't know if I like that. And it wasn't really Brady's fault. It was actually probably the, the Kremlin. The he's going to have, he's going to have to, I think Belichick for real is going to have to draft a QB. To I think that's, I think like, you're right. I don't think it's going to be cam. They're going to have to draft a guy. They're going to have to Matt be creative. Jones, right? He, yeah, maybe he's in a, he's in a place where he could make a pretty aggressive move to go up, to grab a guy that he wants. Right. You know. If it's Trey Lance, I like he's going to need a yeah. special kind of difference maker, not somebody who plays like Tom Brady, but makes the difference that Tom Brady makes on the field. Because I, I do agree. think for real, they're going to all of a sudden uh, I, I think, like I say, the, the shine is off and all of a sudden be, it, it, he's going to have uh, it could be like a 70s Raiders kind of thing, like. Yeah. You're desperate for a job in the NFL and you have a you have to make a you need to prove it year. Okay, Belichick will take you sure. and do so. But I don't think anybody who's got options like is is, is excited about like, yeah, I'll go up there with that pain in the ass all for yeah. the next six months instead of instead of having fun with Bruce Arians or yeah or, or, or any number of other teams that um, you know have a player friendly coach. Like at least with some of those places, you need to at least get paid. Like you're not going to get paid either in Belichick. <laughs> you're going to go up there and be miserable and be you know and half as much money. So Major, it's like, are you are you saying that you think Roethlisberger plays for the Patriots in 2021? <laughs> maybe, maybe they they he's not gonna. I will say Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels will not go into next season with Cam Newton or any of the other quarterbacks that they have on their roster as a starting quarterback. Uh, That's factual. That's 100 percent true. Wow. And I, I, I also I, think Josh McDaniels likes that he's dipped his toe into the mobile quarterback realm. He did that with Tebow. He did that with Cam. I think they feel like schematically that's the way to go. So oh, for I sure. Think, I think you're going to see. Didn't they like Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they go up and try and get like Justin Fields or someone like just go try and make something happen? You know. I think they. I think they absolutely have to. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe Bill Belichick isn't human after all. Maybe he is entirely cyborg or whatever. But I be. do think as a human being. And whatever, oh, he, do you think Belichick cares about that? Yes, I know that he definitely cares about pro football history and his place in it. Oh, for sure. Uh, from the people I've spoken to, assure me that he is fully aware, and this makes him look bad, Tom Brady. I think he is incented yeah. to do exactly what you just said. I think he will get one of those QBs, and I think the fail-safe at, at this point is Mac Jones, but I wouldn't be surprised, to your point, if he doesn't trade way up and try and get one of those uh, one of those big-name guys, yeah. and I bet you he's even placing calls down there to Houston right now. You mentioned Cam, so let's. This is where we bring it all in. Cam Newton, Q Blinko. Does he get a starting gig this year? And if he doesn't get it this year, he's never going to get it again. I think. No. Yeah. And and not Washington. 
Oh, he might. That 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 might work. I don't even know. Would I mean? Would you start him over the kid we saw playing the playoffs? Um, I wouldn't. Hundred percent. Come. No on. way. Oh, Eddie, help your boy. Heineke, no you're gonna start Heineke over Superman. Did you see the the anticipation and the placement of some of these throws? And the, I mean, you're just. I think you might be a little bit of the. You might be a little bit of the snob right now because Heineke I am wasn't a, snob, a first yes. round pick. Or he wasn't like this flashy guy, you know. That was some incredible football. If that if that said Brady on the back, we'd be like, this is the greatest. I mean, I've never seen Brady play better. On. Listen, Tom Brady is the forever answer to like, oh, you have to have a first-round QB. Okay, that's one. Well, that, was, that was a gig- gigantic swing and a miss. And by the way, as a reminder, as far as that goes, all these scouts, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, I mentioned him. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. The scouts – are right, the good ones, about 60% of the time, 58%. So this idea that they all missed on Tom, the greatest of all time. So how much are we going to trust them? But okay, fair. They know more than I did, especially about uh, about left guards who play uh, outside Power 5 conferences. Okay, but QBs, my eye is keen. And I don't, I don't disagree with you there. We and Heineke, hi, I mean, like, okay, Russell Wilson, he didn't get drafted because he was short. That's why he fell to where he did. Dak right. Prescott is great. DUI and some weird stuff that dropped him to the fourth. Um, but those are exceptions that prove the rule. The guys who get it done are the are the first round guys, and that's what you you have to get. Um, and Cam Newton, to me, you know, I was a was a weird year up in Foxborough, yeah. but. I think if you dropped him onto that Washington team, think about him, Jet Cam Newton, on that team. I think he would have won them two more games than yeah, they. Than yeah, they were, I, I think it would have right. been a respectable playoff team. Yeah, but you got. I mean, Alex Alex Smith played pretty good football too there. So is okay. Alex going to be? He was what, five and one, four and one. No, I know the results were good, which speaks to – No, I, I'm know. with you. He can't move as like he used to. Clearly, obviously, not the same player. But I don't know. I mean. You got there's got to be something for Heineke to go in and play the way he did. It wasn't like a week 17, like playing against scrubs, like like some of these guys do, and they go blow it up and then they get a huge contract. Like that wasn't what that was. That was much different. So he's got the chops, man. I mean, they signed him back already. Two year deal, right? They must think he's pretty good. Well, listen, here's what I'll tell you. I'm not I'm not saying Cam won't happen though. I know Ron and Cam, they got they have history. That would would be I don't know if it's but if is it I don't know that it's ultimately in February of 2021, a positive history. Yeah, yeah I can't. I can't right. get a read on that because they yeah. did let him go. I, th- I, I don't I, remember. I think, I think it's a positive history. I think it's a positive history based on the people that I know that were there. I think that I think Ron Rivera and Cam Newton they have a mutual affinity for each other. Cute I just don't know if he thinks he can play help, we, you know? we did it, Car Blinko. I think we solved a lot of stuff. Roethlisberger out in Pittsburgh says yeah, Car. Derek Carr staying in Vegas. What the Patriots are going to do, we don't know. We disagree on the Jets. David Carr likes Daniel Jones. Congratulations on that. Gents fans in a crummy division. That could uh, that may mean a division title in, uh, what, 10 months from now. All right, listen, David Carr, I, we, we abused you. You said you needed to be done hey, 23 man. minutes ago. She's and right here. here we My said. two-year-old is right here just, just – Eating her snack and just being so nice. This how is many are you up to now? How many? How many kids five. are up to now? We have five. five. It's 21, 21 to two. We have a amazing anything in there you want any 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 range you want to delve into Mickey Mouse Club. You want to talk about going to Vegas? What do you want to do? 
We got anytime, you. anytime I start getting a big head about the fact that I've made four ranging from 14 down to six, I just remind myself, I can't keep up with David Carr. Right. And if you ever want to d- delve into Disney princesses, because at two years oh. old, you're going to have to get back up to speed. She's just now moving into that window. She right? is, she's just now started to do the Mickey Mouse Club like nonstop. And she's learning about who the Disney princesses are from her older sister. So, yeah, I'm in trouble. What's, I, what, what is the car house? That's the last question. Is what what Who's the favorite princess in the car house? This is a debate uh, that we have ongoing at ours. I would probably say... You know what? She's a little rambunctious. She likes she likes Rapunzel. She's a tangled. She likes her. That's a I good think one. She likes the mischief of that whole show, you know, because she's very mischievous. This little one. So I like. I, I you know what? I, I I see my appreciation of the Carr family grows ever more with that answer. Rapunzel sure. is maybe the best, and also so. Brave yeah. isn't the best movie, but Merida. She's, she's, a, she's a great role model for for girls. Yeah, I she's agree. Like I don't need no bum man. I'm better than all of them. You don't know? give me Cinderella or something lame. Like I mean, I don't give me that. Give me give me the real the real deal. That's Maybe Moana. Moana is good out on the sea. Yeah, she's, she's good she's too. Good. Yeah. Those, those, those are, they those were disappointed in the live action because there was no singing. I missed the songs. Don't sleep on Belle either. She likes her books. That's you know? great. She's yeah, beautiful on the inside as well, but weird. Too. She won't, she don't, she don't mess around, you know, but also she, emotional problems. Who falls in clearly. love with a beast? Who, I mean, like, oh, like, well, I don't care how, I don't care what his virtues are. I don't care how great a conversation. Is. What is this the mess? Things, the canines and the, in the tail. It's like, dude, what the hell are we doing? What, what, what how desperate are you, Bell? What, what, what did you, the, what was your dad doing? Like, how did he it's break not, you? It's not a choice between him and the and the handsome jerk. There are other men in there. There are other yeah, fish in there's the sea, pal. Just Gaston in the entire village. You don't have yeah, to go I mean, run off in mean, the yeah. woods. I'm not advocating that you wind up with that jerk. Gaston's a jerk, but he's a he's a boozy drunk. But I, I'm not I'm not trying to make a case for him. But he but he but he's a he's a beast. I mean, he's yeah. a literal beast. What are you doing, Bell? Beast. So. Weird message. It was a weird, weird thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. listen, David Carr, you're just a delight. Please give my best to uh, to the Carr brothers, to Mama Carr, to the whole yes. Carr clan out there. Um, maybe you got maybe a big this... fan of Mama Carr, by the way. Big fan. She well, loves, ditto, loves ditto. I, I I I sincerely because I know my mother for you know will sit and listen to every stupid podcast or otherwise that I do. She's listening right now, yes. um, and then I feel shame. Um, because then I think of what it must be to be the mother of Derek Carr. And I know every time I see a victory, I think, oh, I know Mama Carr's happy right now. So happy. And, uh, I'm happy Just for her and so for the happy. Carr family. So I appreciate that. Best like to that. her. Um, She'll be listening. She'll definitely listen. Maybe so. David, Derek, and Mama Carr will finally do that car drive from Bakersfield to Vegas Would in front of training camp. How about that? I'd love to do it. Let's really make it happen. Let's push it. I want to make it happen. All right. Listen, go, go do, go, right, watch, uh, go watch anything but uh, Bell right now. No go Bell. watch Rapunzel. Thanks, David Carr. You're the top you pal. You see, Spaghetti? I told you David Carr is still good. You you had your doubts, but now you've uh, you've learned that I'm right about that. I have never had doubts. I'm very good friends with David, and I'm glad that he finally came back on minus three because he was a friend of ours in the past, and he and he still he's the best. He ha- he has an edge to him, but he gives you good takes. Uh, I, I am a huge fan of David. Well, you were most excited about the Danny Dimes talk, but Roethlisberger out in Pittsburgh says he. 
Wentz is going to be fixed. A lot of news there in Kublinko. That was a fun first uh, first go round in in Kublinko. It was uh, it was great. Uh, I do appreciate him talking positively about Danny Dimes. I didn't need the reassurance because what I said last week still holds true. Um, but he's right, and we didn't even mention the you know different offensive coordinators. We never mentioned the loss of Saquon Barkley. There's so many other things you can keep adding to all the all the, the craziness that's happened so far in the early young career of Daniel Jones. So I, I am I am very very confident that he. What will, I, the one thing I'll say is this about uh, specifically Eagles fans. I, it's not at the top of the list, I'm sure, for Howie and company um, going forward. But I think if they go Jalen Hurts, I think Eagles fans are suddenly going to be facing a grim reality. They were so desperate to purge Carson Wentz. If they're going Jalen Hurts, that doesn't feel. And then you want Jamar Chase makes sense at six. That would be like, oh, well, it, what if Carson Wentz had had him? You're going to have be playing that game for the rest of uh, for the next decade in your brain. Um. I think I predicted they're going to go. I, I I bet you they're going to go uh, with one of the QBs. If it's the right QB for them, if it's if they like Lance or if Justin Fields is there, I predict that that's the way they go. I think so too. And uh, our good friend Chris Long has been saying that on Twitter here and there that they're going to take a QB at six. And uh, I, I mean, it's music to my ears. Uncertainty a quarterback for them. Uncertainty a quarterback for Washington. Uncertainty a quarterback, uh, which is the the dumbest one by far in Dallas. So I am just you know putting my feet up, kicking back, let it all play out because I'm feeling pretty good. All right. Well, you know what? Enough football talk. As I mentioned at the top, we have to cover the Mass Mutual Division, a.k.a. the Sorta Patrick Division. It's time for Spaghetti and Meatballs. All right, so we are back for a, another edition of Spaghetti and Meatballs. And being honest, I don't even want to do this one because the Rangers stink and this is a pain for me, pain for me to talk about. But anyway, Eddie's Spaghetti think. here. They make me feel better yeah, about yeah. my team. Yeah, uh, as you can hear the voice, Eddie Spaghetti here along with Shaq still here and Mikey Meatball. So, oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'll, I'll be quiet now, though. Gents, thanks for uh, for for joining here. What's I going guess. on, fellas? Yeah. Uh, any opening comments from you, uh, Meatballs, before we get to our, our three stars? No, I mean, Islanders play the Penguins tonight, so we'll have another University showdown. So that uh, I think that matchup happens a few times within the next week. God, I hate that Islanders team. This particular one, but eternally, I hate the Islanders. Proceed. Better I'm side. not even Better here. Side. I'm not even here. Go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. I love the, I love the start. Let's start off with our third start of the week, and I'll let you go first here, Meatballs, because I've been hogging the show. I've been going first, so here we go. Give me your third star of the week. Yeah, so my third star will be uh, for the NHL, the Lake Tahoe games of this weekend. Um, Colorado plays uh, the Golden Knights on Saturday at 3 p.m., and then the Flyers play Boston on Sunday at 3 p.m., I think all four teams are wearing the reverse retros, so we should get some some cool looks on the ice there. I know um, Colorado's got a nice uh, reverse retro jersey. My yep. brother has one. It, it does look good in person. Well, um, you're, your whole family now just bought the entire NHL's reverse retro. My, it was uh, Santa. Uh, one of the Christmas <laughs> gifts was a uh, reverse retro for everyone. So we. Hey, wait many. a second. Sunday they're playing in Tahoe again. Yeah, I think oh, it's I didn't Saturday, know that. I thought yeah. it was a one-off. I didn't. No, know I believe it's were... Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Ah, exciting news. 
Unfortunately, for the Flyers, though, uh, they have seven guys out. Um, Voracek, Giroux, Frost, Konechny, Lawton, Limblom, and Braun are all out. So if you're a Flyers fan, it might be uh, rough to watch. But, um, you know, that, that, that conference is so tough. All the games should be competitive. So I'm looking forward to it. I will say quickly on that topic, the picture of the goalie view of Lake Tahoe is just one of the coolest things ever. Uh, add, add that in with them wearing the reverse retro jerseys and then just seeing what the rink looks like. Or even call it, it's more of a pond, pond hockey style. It's it's awesome. I, I It's going to be a spectacle. I, I love how the NHL first started these outdoor games years back. I believe they used to be on New Year's Day and then now Lake Tahoe. I mean, just kudos to them. It's going to be awesome. So for my third star, kind of boring. I just want to touch on some injury news dealing with the Rangers. Jacob True about four to six weeks with a broken thumb. Reversely, Artemi Panarin and Keandre Miller are expected back from their minor injuries. Rangers are 0-3-1, I believe, in their last four. Panarin, he's playing all right, but just not scoring even strength. Losing Truba is a weird one because he has been great for the Rangers really since they signed the contract, but obviously you don't want to lose defensemen, especially since they already got rid of Tony D'Angelo to begin with, and then Keandre Miller's coming back from an injury, so you don't want to be down too many D-men. It's just been a really rough stretch of the Rangers, and I I didn't expect much this season, but uh, to see this play, how they have been is brutal. I know they have a, uh, their games versus the Island, uh, the Flyers coming up, which they haven't played yet this season, and they're, they're a much better team. So just, they're just struggling through right now, and it is a pain to watch. So that was my third star. Moving on to the second star of the week. Mikey, give me uh, what's on your list. So I, I had rookie uh, goalies written down. Um, so just quick shout out to Sorokin. Uh, first, uh, first win, first shutout. All good things from him. He looks like he's going to be good. But my actual second star, it's not Mass Mutual, but I'm going to tie it back in. It's mm-hmm. Kevin Lankinen for the Blackhawks. Um, yesterday, first, uh, first shutout. Um, he's looked great so far for them. He's kind of keeping them in it. But with this shutout, he also had his second assist. And his second assist now leaves him with more points than Alexi Lafreniere. So I just want to know your thoughts on that. Are you worried? What? what, what are, I just gave you my third start saying how miserable I have been. All these injuries are terrible. The, the team isn't scoring at even strength. I mean, uh, I'm not worried with him per se, like career-wise. I just think it's, you know – it starts at the top down. You have your your top veteran guys like Kreider, Zibanejad, so on. So like I just said Truba's not playing well. You have these guys who you expect to be leaders and playing at their total peak. And then I thought from there that he would fit in on one of the lines and just be able to to make some magic. It seems like because they've been struggling offensively, it looks like he's trying to make that extra pass. And mm-hmm. he's just not being aggressive like he should be because he's supremely talented. Could argue already one of the more talented players in the league. But he, you know, he's he's still extremely young and just trying to find his way. They have been jumbling around on line to line. They haven't really had great chemistry yet with anyone. Uh, I believe he's played a little bit with Brett Howden, who's not anything great. So it's it's been frustrating. He's been good. I mean, he hasn't been, you know, what's funny with like Cabo Caco is that he hasn't really been lined up the score sheet either, but he is, his play has been noticeable. And I was making the joke to my friends saying that you don't want to see a guy who is, you know, a uh, second pick overall and expected to turn the team around, play kind of like a, a similar role to like what like Ryan Callahan, former captain right. of the Rangers was. Like you don't want him to be a grinder. You want him to be scoring goals. But, you know, it's good to see him and uh, Frenier do they do they do play, you know, both sides of the ice, which is great. And mm. it's just they're not they're just a total snake bit team, I think. And, and we've seen that with Sabina Jad and we've seen that uh, unfortunately with Lafreniere and Kako. So it's just one of those 
really I'm hoping it's a rough stretch. I'm hoping they figure it out. I would hate if they fired Quinn and have to kind of restart this whole mess. So this right. that's my really, really long answer to say I'm not really worried about Lafreniere. I'm just I'm worried about the team as a whole right now because they seem to have a, a few issues and mostly I think just mental issues that's mm-hmm. really holding them back. You think he benefits from any time in the AHL? No, 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 I mean, no, it's, it's, he needs to figure, he's, he's a big boy. He's got to figure it out on this stage. He's, like I said, he's, he's supremely talented. He's, he's, he was number one overall pick. He was a guy who's already being compared to a McDavid and a Crosby. He's spending time in the HL is not going to do him any good. He has to figure it out himself. I think that we got to stop jumbling lines. And I think that they have to just be more aggressive. Just to shoot. I know shooting, saying shooting the puck is a lame hockey fan thing to do but when you see how many extra passes they're making so just attacking the net using your talent like i i think eventually he'll he'll figure it out right well i will say i, I do know some ranger fans who are uh who are already out on him so i'll give my second start of the week and this pains me to say it as well because it deals with the new jersey devils after they just beat my rangers but i have to give them credit where credit's due obviously we both know crazy offseason very it's still a hard regular season a lot of teams are beginning hit with the the COVID 19 protocol list stuff so they the devils last game they played well they beat the rangers on the on the 16th of february but their last game before that was on the 31st of january and they had 19 players on the COVID-19 list. That's a long stretch without playing. That's a lot of players on that list. And we'll never really know the ins and outs of how much it really affects the team because we're not part of the New Jersey Devils or any other teams that's been affected by it. But just the thing about 19 players, two weeks plus without a game, it affects your practice. It affects team meetings. It affects everything because obviously you can't be around others. It's a lot of virtual stuff, I'd, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. And they come out and they beat the Rangers. But, you know, I thought their legs were going to die out. They had a good first period. I'm like, all right, their Rangers will dominate the second and third because they have – you know, they don't have their conditioning back, whatever. And they, they won the game. So give credit to the Devils there. And I know, like I said, other teams have been dealing with this, but their stretch was pretty impressive. And we do focus on the Mass Mutual East here. So uh, kudos to them. 19 players, two plus weeks out of game, and they still figure it out and they win their first game back. So that's that's a tough, tough road to navigate. And they somehow figure it out. Yeah, I think uh, Sabres, on the other hand, uh, had a little trouble, even though I think they dominated some of the play against the Islanders. They just couldn't put anything in the back of the net. So watching as an Islander fans that you get the breaks, maybe one out of every 82 games. So I'll take it if that was it. So. Moving forward, though, to my first star, uh, as it says on the screen, JGP. He's got five goals in the last four games. Uh, He's got 10 points in total. He's really starting to heat up. I I think he's really the true just, you know, embodiment of of an Islander, you know, what it means to play. He's skilled defensively, but he also he, he gets down low. He. He fights on the boards. He's a physical, good, good on the penalty kill. Um, and he's playing with Bovilli and Wallstrom now. So I think that gives him a little bit of a, a boost to his game. And uh, Trotz has been shuffling the lines around too. So it's, I kind of like it. You know, you're seeing different looks. Uh, I don't know why he's doing that necessarily. I guess it's just kind of, you know, get Peugeot more ice time with some other guys, get Everly ice time with other guys. Same thing with Nelson Bailey. So, you know, I'm hoping they keep the streak going. They got, um, you know, I think it starts with guys like Peugeot. Is if they're playing well, like, the Islanders are a team where if they're if guys like Peugeot and their fourth line are playing well, that's good news for the rest of the team. Like they're mm-hmm. not they're not going to get beaten. But if those guys, you know, one small simple mistake from one of those guys, they're not winning. So if those guys are firing on all cylinders, 
they're they're going to be hard to beat. And let me round it out with some positive news here. Henrik Lundqvist, King Henrik Lundqvist, who uh, obviously former Ranger goalie, signs with the Capitals this offseason and then has to step away from hockey for having a heart procedure. He just posted on his social media that the procedure in Cleveland went well and he's back in New York City and he's apparently jogging around New York City, uh, which is great to see him doing some physical activity there. And it seems like he's trying to, like, who knows if he's going to ever play in the NHL again. I personally would love him to retire and just join the Rangers staff somehow or the front office. But if he wants to play, good for him. But him obviously running around is is great for his health overall, which is the number one most important thing. And if it's his path back to the league, that's great as well. And I have to just say, obviously, him him being my favorite Ranger ever and just brought us uh, so much joy over the, the course of his career. I love to see that he's back and healthy again and, and can enjoy his life. So just wanted to shout out the King Hank for somehow figuring out this awful procedure he had and looks like he's going to come out of it uh, A-OK. Good job by you, fellas. Great job by David Carr as well. Thanks to him for joining the show. And thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Download, subscribe, all that jazz, and make sure you place all your bets on FanDuel.com slash minus three one last time. The word minus the number three. We'll be back next week with more Huey and Applesauce for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.